Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. While you're standing, I ask for you to turn to one particular place in Scripture, Acts chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 21 through 29. Acts 10, 21 says, Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of a good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house, and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in, and lodged them, and and, and on the morrow, Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa a- accompanied him. And the morrow after, they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. We'll just interject there, yeah. house to house. Amen. Right. What a what a they were doing it. We're, that's what we're doing, calling together friends, calling together family in the same house. Verse 25, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. And he talked with him and he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying. And soon as I was set for I ask, therefore, what intent ye have sent for me? Today, I just want to preach a simple thought. His attention to your intention. I want to talk about what that means a little bit today. I don't have really much of... Uh, notes today, just that portion of text, and a little bit, a little bit there. A count of two pages. So breathe, breathe easy, or be worried. I don't know which one. <laughs> I was, I was. Uh, Brother Mattman preached last Sunday a fantastic word, and he goes, he says, "I'm not going to preach long." What a liar he is. <laughs> We all are liars in that moment, and I'm fearful that we even say those words. It's, it's just, you can go ahead and roll your eyes to the back of your head going, it's going to be a long one. No, I truly want to step out of the way of God. I don't know, I, I really don't know what he has for us today, except I'm excited for what, he, what he's going to do. And I want us to get a hold of God today, and I want us to have a readiness of mind. I taught about that today. A teachable spirit, a hungry soul for what he's going to do today. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear God, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, God, that, Lord, you move in this place. I, I, I reached out to you today in worship and praise, and I, I hope I was able to entertain you. I hope I was able to please you, God. And 
I pray right now that your word, that it speaks to our hearts and our lives and it strengthens us and it helps us today. I pray, help me your preacher today. I need you, God. We thank you together. And in your name I pray, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Thank God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' name, amen, amen. High five somebody before you're seated. <clears throat> Acts 10 is such an incredible chapter. It is, it is one that all of us are, are bearing fruit from. All of us are in here today because of this chapter. It's, 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 to me, I love the ripple effect of, of, of the power of people and what happens. I love those simple individuals who, who are in a neighborhood, who have truth, who go around and just are friendly and reach out and say, would you like to come to church with me? And that individual comes to church with them and all of a sudden they hear a word that pricks their heart and changes their life and all of a sudden their family starts coming to that church and that family does the same thing. It ripples through that family to a co-worker or somebody in their family and it continues to go and all of a sudden it's crossing state lines and going into places that you don't walk in and all of a sudden that simple invite to a house to house meeting becomes a newly planted church across the world that's what the book of acts is all about can you imagine being a part of the 120, having that incredible prayer service, having that incredible, I'm going to just say this, prayer revival needs to be like this, where we just go there to pray, where we just go there to seek his face and wait and tarry on the Lord. The day of Pentecost, let me tell you what, what kicked it off wasn't a preached word. Right. It wasn't a flyer that was sent out saying, come all, come, come one, come all, be here at certain time. Bishop, first man of the astronaut world will be preaching this message this day. It's a new title. We are so different from where we started. I'm telling you, we need to get back to some things. We need to get back to real prayer services where we just say, God, I don't know. I, I, I have no plans for how long this goes. God, I have, it could be 15 minutes. That's great. If you can pray fervently and effectually in 15 minutes, thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you can do it. But if you go longer than praise God, the point is I want to get a hold of God and not put him in a time frame or a time slot and say he can't do this or he can't do that I've got to be there for dinner I can't I, I, you, this, this supersedes your move and I, come on I've got, a, I've got a calendar to stick to I, I, some of you are already looking man how, how long is he going to go I'm hungry already my stomach's behind you on this I want us to understand this, this, this man in Acts chapter 10. I love it. If you could put verse 2 up there. I'm not sure if I have it somewhere in there. Verse 2 of this, of this chapter tells us he is a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. That's all we know except for that he's a centurion. He's an Italian man, part of a band. He probably played the trumpet. 
That's what we know. What we do know is that he doesn't come from the United Pentecostal Church of Columbia. We do know that he's not a member of, of the Catholic Church down the road. We do know that he's not a member of this organization or this denomination. He's just a guy who's hungry. He's a guy who's devout and committed to knowing who God is. And man, if I can breathe something into that point right now, it's this. Let's get back to that. Don't come here just saying, I want to have a Pentecostal experience or I'm coming here just to check off the star of the apostolic box. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to get a hold of God and God only. I want to know him. I, I want to know him for who he is. I, I love every smiling face in this place. I'm, I'm giddy to see you on Sunday, but I'm not here to see you. Believe it or not, this pastor today is not here just to preach a word to you. I'm here to give God some worship, give God some glory, give God some honor. We have to get back to pure intentions. Pure intentions. An intent of the heart that says, I just, I need you, God. I need you, God. That's all I need is you. I don't need a, a pat on the back. I don't need a hug on the neck. I just need you. I want to know you. I want to seek your face. I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy the Starbucks. I enjoy the, the Bustelo coffee. I enjoy, I enjoy the donuts. I enjoy all those things, but I'm not here for that. I'm here to know Jesus. That's the intent, a pure intention that Cornelius had. That's all he had. That's all he carried. That's all he desired was to love people and love God. That's that's a that's a hard two thing to juggle, right? We have come to a place where we've separated those two. <sighs> Modern day Christianity has, has changed some of those things where we hear the word separation. We hear the word consecration. And we think that we're dividing ourselves totally against the world. And part of that's true, but we miss, we miss the fact that we're, we're not to divide ourselves in caring for people. <sighs> We're not to be so separatist that we we totally stop looking at the at, at, at the giant bucket of need in people's lives. Amen. That's so far from what real Christianity is. Real Christianity is what the Word of God declares us to be is, yes, we're supposed to be separate. We're supposed to be holy and sanctified for them to be a light, to be an ambassador of Christ so that people of need can run to us, can see you and say, I need Jesus and I see Jesus in you. And they're drawn to you like a moth to the flame, like, like metal to a magnet. That's that's what would really what God designed us to be. But sometimes in traditionalism, we we pushed ourselves away so far. We've also pushed our charity away. We pushed away giving to people. But Cornelius had pure intentions. I want to give to people in need. 
I'm a devout man. I'm devoted. I get up. A devout, devoted person is someone who, who's, who's, who's in a routine. And I'm telling you right now, we, we like sometimes to harp on routines. And sometimes, oh, terrible some routines are. No, no, no. It's all right to be good with some routines. It's all right to get up and have a time of prayer and a time of study, a time of, of, of fasting. You need to be routine with those things. Be devoted to those things. And this man in his tent is getting up every morning. He's finding a place in his home to get on his knees. His, his family knows that he's praying in that room and when he gets up he acts differently he he walks a little bit differently he he's let go of some things he's got a different mindset he doesn't just want to bless himself he want to bless everyone around him especially those in need the bible says that he gave alms to people that i've talked about this in other lessons when you give alms to people you do it in secret <sighs> It protects, it protects the sanctity and it protects the heart of the person who's, who's down and out. Right. Right. I, I, I encourage you, give to somebody in secret. It's biblical. Your, your right hand shouldn't know what, 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 what's happening. The left and the right shouldn't know what's going on. You should be giving to people in such a way that it's not like, hey, check me out. Right. Right. Come on. <laughs> I am going to help this person because they need it and I want you to know. No, that's not what giving in alms is. It's coming and saying, I'm, I, I'm respecting your dignity and the problem that you're facing right now. I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. Here's a little bit. This is all I have to help you with it. I'm not going to tell nobody you're in down and out. I'm not going to tell nobody you can't put gas car. I'm not going to tell nobody that you can't buy your own, you know, uh, milk and eggs. I'll go do that for you. I'll drop it off. I, I won't bring it to church in, in a bag and hand it to you in front of everyone. No, I'll come to you in the week and I'll do it for just because I want to help you. Because the intent of my heart is pure. The intent of my heart is right. And because the intent of a devouted man who gave people out of a right heart and a right mind, because he had pure intention, God took attention. God was just sitting on the throne as he is right now. And when he was, he was sitting there in his, his purity and his grace and his ma majesty, let me tell you what, he also sits there in power and judgment. But all of a sudden, pure intention comes to his forefront of his face. And all of a sudden, his face looks down towards Cornelius. Amen. That's the power of pure intention. It grabs the attention of God. We need to get back to some pure intent. I'm telling you right now, every intent God will, God will meet. Even, even those who intended to come here just to sit here and be entertained, don't you worry, God will meet you. God, God will go ahead and give you what you intended to come. You and some of us in here intended to come and get nothing. And that's exactly what you're going to leave with. It's exactly what you're going to leave with. But I, I believe, I hope, and I, I'm praying that there's someone with a different intent. With some intention to say, I need God for my life. Not just my life, I need God for my family. 
Cornelius is that man. He is praying. He's giving. He's doing everything he can. And all of a sudden, his pure intention grabs the attention of God, and God sends a man to his, his doorstep. When that man of God comes in, he says, What are your intentions? My intentions are simply this, to save my family, to be ready for whatever he wants and has. And you have to understand how, how this chapter is so powerful because never before was anybody ever filled with the Holy Ghost who wasn't a Gentile. Everyone was Jewish. Everybody had, they were part of the church that they thought they were the selected people. No one's going to, we're, we are, we're part of the, the cool kids club. We're part, we have the, the lunch table to ourselves. The Holy Ghost is for us and for us only. It, it, God knows us. He, he hates everybody else. Right. And I, I, I pastor a wonderful group of people and I don't see uh, anybody wearing uh, any, um, you know, prayer cloths over their heads right now or, or, or toting a, a, a ram's horn. I didn't see anybody. I, I've been to a church where they did that one time. God gets out a ram's horn. Who's Jewish? You are in here today simply because of man of pure intentions. It's rippled through time for us. And I'm trying to get us to understand that if we have pure intentions, real intentions, it can change everybody in our family. Amen. Family members that you think hate God, hate God, he will reach into hearts and prick their hearts and change them. Nothing is too hard for God. Amen. Nothing Amen. is too hard for God. I, I'll tell you a personal story about my, my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law had a moment where she, she, she fell off. Uh, she was raised, let me really backtrack. She was raised under the same godly home my wife was raised in. She went to Bible college and for uh, a short season, left Bible college and married a good man in South Illinois. She immediately started having children as a family. All of a sudden, somewhere, somehow, sin crept into her heart, and she, out of nowhere, just left a note and said, I can't do it anymore. I, I, I can't keep this up. It's, it's a lie. It's a facade. It's all these things. And she left that note and walked out on that family. And you, you have to understand the relationship between my sister-in-law and my wife, like best friends. And she never let on she was unhappy. She never let on that she was in a place where she was unsatisfied and she, all these things. And she, she left and she found, she found comfort in another woman's arms. It's totally going against everything that she was raised to be and what nature tells us to be. And there she is. She won't answer our texts. She won't answer our phone calls. She, she won't even respond really to her children or, or to her husband in the moment, trying to make sense of it all. She's hiding from everybody. She won't respond to their parents, her loving parents, who are just, just caring for her safety. And I remember thinking, and I was thinking, God, we would go to prayer saying, God, what's going on? How does that happen? What, what, is there signs that we could have seen? What, what's going on? 
How does how do we get to that place? How do we get to that place? Some of us said just begins time again to roll on, and we went up there for a visit to be a part of of our niece's life and my brother-in-law and just to encourage him and to just be there as family and it was at that time where you you have to have that conversation maybe it's time to move on maybe maybe that's it you know I, it's nothing you did it's not your fault but you have to live life you, you can't just live in in grief you got to move on that was that's what i thought I went back home and I came here and I, we still prayed and I watched that family at a distance still in heartache and, and sorrow. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I'm here. I, I used to come here during my lunch hour when I worked for, for the state. I'd come here and I'd be praying. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was praying right up here in this altar area and my, my text, my phone blew up and it was my wife. And she said, my sister has come back to the family. I, I broke down. I broke down. God proved to me there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too hard for God. No one is too far gone. No one is too far lost. Nobody... Nobody is unsavable. I'm here to tell you their family is doing great. They addressed issues. They came back in restoration and healing. They're in a better place than they've ever been. And I realized this when everyone thought it was twice dead. Oh, plucked out out of the roots. Oh, God says, no, 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 no. I'm the God of the impossible. If you continue to give me pure intentions. If your prayers are backed up by pure intention, I'm here with my attention. I'm here to look upon them and to help them and to see them through. No one probably exemplifies this better than uh, the man in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 talks about a guy that you know, and, and his name is Zacchaeus, and Brother Matt would probably refer him to as Zacchaeus. <laughs> <laughs> I even I, I have that, that that blue letter Bible where you can uh, press how it's said, and I would say it properly, but I'd get spit all over y'all. So I don't want. I'll save you. But this guy, he runs, he runs into the crowd to see. He, the Bible says he just wants to see who Jesus is. That's my intention. I just want to see Jesus. Just want to see him. And he realizes I, I'm a short dude. He's, he's, he's trying to stand on his tippy Brother Michael gets it. He's just, he's on his tippy toes. He's, he's trying to see some, some he, can't, he sees a tree. I want to climb up in this tree and get a better view because my intention also has action. So he begins to climb this tree and he gets up there on a, perches himself on a, on, on a limb. And there he is. He, he sees the hustle and bustle coming down his way. And all of a sudden, Jesus pays attention to somebody's intention. He looks up. Zacchaeus, he calls him by name. They never, they never met each other before that. 
Come on down, because today I'm coming home with you. I'm going to abide in your house. Oh, he comes down. He's excited. He's, he's so happy. And this is where it gets ugly. Everybody around him starts to say, oh, that guy's a sinner. Jesus is going to hang out with the sinner. Let me tell you what. Let me just speak something into someone who's got some real intentions here. Don't worry about the voices around you. Don't worry about... No, no, hold on, hold on. Before you clap, before you clap. Don't don't worry about the one who won't raise their hand in worship. Don't worry about the one who who, who came in here wanting to be entertained. Don't worry. I don't care if you're married to that person. All right? I don't care if it's your sibling. I don't care if you've got real intention to see Jesus today. My Lord, there's a sycamore tree in this space right now, I'm telling you. But it's going to take some action. It's going to take you stepping outside of yourself and stepping outside of your stature and elevating yourself and getting to a place where you can put some real eyes on him because when you put real eyes on him, he'll put eyes on you. He's faithful that way. He cares so much for your right intention. There's a phrase you've heard it said before good intentions, right? The road to hell are paved with good intentions. I agree. Good dormant intentions. Some of us have those. A lot of us do. I have good intentions. I I have good intentions to lose weight. Why are you all laughing? I don't know why. I have good intentions to do this at home. I my, me and my wife are in it right now. Pray for me, y'all. She's, she went on this week, this week we went on a vacation and she brought a book about this thick. This is so confusing. That thick, like a dictionary. All about minimalism. <laughs> you can't make this up. <laughs> heavier than the car we were driving in. The finest print I've ever seen in my life, packed full of minimalism. It was the most maximum book I've ever seen. She's going, mm, I'm going to do that. Mm. She's driving the whole way home. And I, and I said, look, I said, babe, let's, I'm all right with getting rid of some stuff, but you're going to get stuff that we're getting rid of that are is fine and she says this, uh, no what I'm doing is I'm elevating this stuff that's her word elevating this stuff I hope I know where I'm getting to because I'm a little bit off track now but I, I, this this idea of getting rid of stuff right she she has this idea at home she's ready to get rid of the doors to my cabinets because she wants to be able to see everything. And so I'm like, no, let's hide everything because it's ugly back there. It's scary. And my, my wife has this idea. She's going to make things nice. And I believe she can. And I believe I'll probably sell a kidney to get it to look nice. Okay? We all have these, we all have these things, these intentions, these good intentions. And I'm praying... I pray that my wife's good intentions are dormant on this. 
But besides that, some of you have good intentions of getting a hold of God today. You did. You came, you woke up, you, you put on a right, a right attitude. You came to church in a devoted way. Okay? You have good intentions, but here's what I have to ask you. Are they dormant intentions? Are they intentions that are just going to sit down in the pew that you're sitting in? Or are they, are they active intentions? that garner the attention of God, that grab a hold of a God who wants to bless you, who wants to change you, who wants to ripple through your home and through, and through this world. Hmm. Let's all stand. I didn't lie. I think I'm short. 34 minutes. As I sang over there the best I could with the praise team, begin to think of Lord in that moment how many of us intended to give God our best praise how many of us I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be a little bit transparent and show you the behind the curtain of the Wizard of the Oz here this praise team loves to do what they can but they're affected by dormant intention preacher preachers can be affected by dormant intentions we'll do the best we can we have the intention to do the most we can but I'm telling you right now we need your intention we need godly men and godly women not to sit idly by to allow someone next to them to change the thermostat of this environment. We need all of us. We need all of us to change the temperature. We need all of us to come into this place and say, I'm not going to allow this person or that person to dictate my praise and my worship. I, I'm going to tell you, I don't care if I'm in embarrassing. I don't care if people look at me weird. I don't care what you think of me because my intention is to get a hold of God. My pure intention is going to climb some trees just to put eyes on him. I want to know who he is today. Do we have anybody in here with some active intention today? Oh, my God. I, I, let me tell you what. You, if you have a problem today, if you have a need today, it's all right. You have a reason for intention. You have a reason for your intention. Oh, that woman with the issue of blood. She comes. She's she's fighting the, the, the hands and the reach of all the hundreds of others around Jesus. And she touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus says, who touched me? Master, everybody's touching you. No, no. Somebody touched me with intent. Get what I'm trying to say here? Your intent has the ability to touch God in a different way that it makes you whole. Whole. Oh. Let me tell you what pure intention doesn't wait on. It doesn't wait on altar calls. 
doesn't wait on an invitation to say, come on and get a hold of God. No pure intention. Says, I'll wait on no man because God is in my midst. I've got to reach and get a hold of him. I want to know who he is for me and myself and for my family. Oh, this preacher today, I thank you, Cornelius, for being somebody who saved my family. Because of your intent, I can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because of your intent, my family and outcast can be filled with your power and your presence. Oh, I can I can share in the same salvation, in the same redeeming blood. I can be baptized through the same waters. Hallelujah. Oh, church. Come on, I'm going to ask you right now, if you raise your hands, raise your hands all across this church. Hallelujah. Here's the question. Here's the question I want to ask it, just like, just, just like Peter has asked. He goes, I ask therefore for what intent ye have sent for me. What is your intentions today? What are my intentions today? Did I come here in routine and routine only? Did I come here just to see pastor and pastor see me? Did I come to see Jesus? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, quicken us right now. Spirit move right now. Holy Ghost, have your way. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, I pray I put your attention on those with your intent right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit athesischurch.com. Thank you for being a part 